the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. My next guest on Super Coop is one of the largest players in the entire NFL. He's tall, thick, and he's very nice until you make him mad, which I intend to do today. Andrew Whitworth, welcome to Soup with Coop. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here on Soup with Coop. I'm excited for today. You look fantastic, man. Well, you know, the only thing I'm missing is some soup. Jackie, where's the soup? For the love of God. You know, last time, it's, you better not have made it too hot. Because last time I burned my lips a little bit and, you know, there's hell to pay. So, um, you know, I read somewhere, Andrew, skipping, let's get way out of the football. You were a champion tennis player in high school, so I figured... I might as well break out my tennis leisure wear. I like it. I like the tennis leisure wear. You know, that's a fantastic story, Coop. It's uh, it's actually one that has grown a tall tale as, as time has gone on. Very similar to my athletic career. I get better every year. I'm telling you, I, you know, this this whole started with with I was at LSU and I had made all SEC as like a sophomore or junior. And the PR director came in and was like, hey, let's let's add some stuff to your you know, portfolio. Just kind of have people understand who you are and get ready for possibly being an NFL, you know, potential athlete. And I'm like, you know, he's like, what have you done as a kid? I was like, well, I mean, I play basketball and baseball. And so he's like, you win anything? I was like, well, I mean, I won a tennis tournament one time when I was like 12. You know, and this is like at the local, this is like at the local Mac, you know, like you're just like, you're just going up there playing other 10-year-olds that are like probably half my size and never played sports. So, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it grew over time. And by the time I got in the NFL, it was in my portfolio. And uh, it turned into I was this junior national champion, you know, top-ranked guy in the, in the sport. And now I have people all the time ask me, like, hey, when, when did you win that championship in high school? Like, what year was that? And I'm just like, no, I was like 11. We had Bigfoot Caesars Pizza. And uh, I won like, a you know, a half a match against some other kid who was 10 or 9. Yeah, I, you know, I had this envision of you and Nadal just going to – you know, five sets. No, I wasn't it. It was a kid who was probably four one, and uh, I'm not even sure he had a proper tennis racket. <laughs> Perfect. A wooden tennis racket against it against a very small boy is really the it, it hits to the very top of your Wikipedia page. So I'm glad to know. You know, never yeah, believe real, real quality award. What kind of soup are you having today, my friend? You know what? I'm going to enjoy a little French onion soup. Uh, you know, I, I'm not much of a soup guy. Uh, very rare that I that I enjoy a soup. Uh, my wife and I actually had this issue when we, we first got married. She considers soup a meal, and I consider it uh, a free appetizer to my appetizer. And so, uh, you know, I it wasn't very many French soup you know meals that we have French onion, but I, I like the little French onion kind of get my meal started. You know, it's I heard onion, so I went with cream of onion, Ooh. which I've never had before, and it's actually quite delicious. And as always, Jackie, my. Uh, I married the wrong woman. I should have married Jackie. Things, you know, things are kind of dicey at home. But she always makes a little uh, grilled cheese for me to kind of dip in. Ooh, that's an extra touch right there. You know, bread always goes well. And that's why really for me, since I'm not much of a soup guy, I went with the French onion soup because you get a little bread and a little cheese in there. So I'm kind of cheating the grilled cheese effect with my soup. 
That's why it's my number one choice. Now, Whit, I know you're six seven. What, what's your what's your current? I, mean, I don't know if it's rude. I usually ask women this, but I just go straight to linemen. What are you weighing these days? I'm somewhere around six seven, three hundred and thirty pounds. You know, I can fluctuate usually in the off season between twenty and thirty, but somewhere in that range. What's the heaviest you've ever been? Oh, I would say early wit. If you look up first four years of uh, being a Cincinnati Bengal, coming fresh from sweet tea, uh, a little bit of, you know, meatloaf and uh, fried chicken and everything else down south in Baton Rouge. You know, you fry and cream cheese and wrap it in bacon with everything you can. Uh, I was I was tipping those scales most seasons somewhere in that 50 to 65 range. I was about 350, 365. I was healthy. I'll put it that way. Yeah, chicken fried steak is so good to get to 350, I think. It's just really a key ingredient. Now, Whit, how much did you weigh when you were born, do you know? I was, uh, I think, a little over 10 pounds. Really? Yeah. Well, God, that grilled cheese is delicious, Jackie. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> um, you're not going to believe this, Whit. When I was born, I weighed 12 pounds, 3 ounces. Wow, right up there with Herman Johnson. Yes, exactly. Herman and I go, and Peyton was 12-1, and we thought Eli was, you know, going to be the 4-1 kid. You were playing in tennis. He was like 10 pounds. So we were big boys, and I don't know what happened. I mean, now that my neck is a 12, you know, I don't know what, what happened. Why am I not 310, 67, 310, playing opposite you on the right tackle? Yeah, you know, you were just that horse that jumped out the gate a little too fast, and uh, you got tired there at the end of the race, you know? I always tell people after I was circumcised, I went down to eight pounds. Just one of yeah, those things. Well, that's a good one too. I, I, I like that that a little better than the horse analogy. Yes, exactly. Now, were you always the biggest kid in your class? Always just a, a large boy? Yeah, you know, I have four kids and we talk about this all the time. They'll always ask because they're pretty tall kids and I'll be like, dad, you know, where did you stand against your classmates? And I really was. I was always that kid that every kid was kind of looking at my belt buckle or you know, I, always awkward pictures, like just kind of like my hands on their head or like my elbows on their shoulder. You know, I was never picked for, you know, playing tag or chase by the girls because it was something similar to a monster running after them at that age. I mean, you know, this kid that's their age, it's twice their size. They're like, yeah, you know what? Once you sit out, freeze tag this time. All right. Now you're in an outdoor kitchen right there. Are you pretty handy on the grill? With? You know, I, you know, I would sit here and tell you, yes, just a good manly answer, but uh, I'm not actually that handy. I, you know what I can do? I can uh, grill chicken, and I can sometimes get the temperature right on a steak. But you know what? It's all in the person who preps it. So my wife does a great job of seasoning things, and uh, usually if I don't burn it, we, we have a successful dinner. Now, I know I'm bouncing all over the place because I have so many things I want to talk to you about. Let's talk about West Monroe High School, football in Louisiana. You played on great high school teams. Um, would you, I mean, I would say up in Monroe, football in the high school area is probably as important as anywhere else because, the fact, you know, it's good rivalries, cross-town rivalries, tons of tons of talent. Um, how would you describe that? I mean, I, people watch Friday Night Lights, and I think they kind of get a sense of how important things are in Texas. But Louisiana high school is, football is as good as anywhere in the country. It really is. I had the unique experience in high school playing, uh, you know, at West Monroe. And I think we went 58 and two or something during the time I was there. And uh, it was a really cool experience. We got to go to Texas and play teams in Mississippi. We played the state champions, kind of all the states around us. 
And uh, it was a really neat experience at that time in your life, you know, playing high school ball. You're already having a blast. Your parents are there. Your family's there. Uh, and then to get that experience to travel a little bit, see kids from other places and play a lot of big-time football teams. I mean, we played everybody from Cedric Benson. I can remember what a great team that Midland League team was. And Eric Winston was on that team as well. Um, you know, so got to play a lot of different athletes in different places. And so that was a really cool experience. And football in North Louisiana, you know, every time we go to the state championship, you know, if there's 10,000 people in the city, 10,000 people are leaving. And it's like, hey, last person, somebody flip the power on all the light switches because uh, we're, we're out of here, right? So it, it was quite a show and you get to go out to New Orleans every year. And were you an LSU guy growing up? Did you always think you'd wind up a Bengal Tiger? I really didn't. Never, never saw myself as being a Tiger. I, I was a kid who grew up. I was a huge fan of Spurrier, uh, Fulmer, and Houston Nutt. They were kind of my guys. And so I, I, you know, followed those teams. I knew some guys that had gone there from the area. And so I, I really had the opportunity my senior year going into it that I ended up having a change of heart and decided I wanted to go to LSU after I met Nick Saban. That was his first year being hired there. I met him and knew he was really special, but probably two weeks before that meeting, I had told Spurrier I thought I was going to be a Florida Gator, and, and that was kind of where I was leaning to commit. And uh, lo and behold, those summer camps work. I showed up at a camp uh, right before training camp started, and Nick Saban sat down with me and gave me the spill, and I was hooked from there. I think you got a recruit right there behind you. That dog, look at your dog. Your dog is trying to get on camera like I've never seen it. It's, it's impressive. You know, you know, that's uh, my daughter's little, little Kobe. Uh, he's a King St. Charles, and he's uh, he thinks he's a lion. And, and uh, so he thinks he's a lot tougher than he is. And I'm sure he's trying to bulldog me for this, uh, for this soup right here. Yeah, but you, I'll, do, you, I'll do a little talking. You can do some eating. I, you know, I, sometimes the interviewer gets, goes starving, so the interviewee, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm letting this cheese kind of congeal right now. I need to pop on it. It's good. It looks like... I know you're up. You spent some time up in Colorado in the summer. That's a good part of the world. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you know what? Uh, we really enjoy it. We get up here every summer for about five, six weeks, right before training camp, and it gives me kind of an opportunity to get up here in the altitude and do some training, get in shape, uh, get a little conditioning level up. You know, as you get older, it's not any easier to show up to camp and run those conditioning tests. And so, uh, I get up here and kind of get my opportunity to get some training, do a little mountain biking, and. Uh, uh, wife and I kind of enjoy that. That's our little time to get out on the road and, and hit the mountains a little bit. And that's quite a workout. When I'm going to Tuscaloosa um, this week to actually visit with Nick Saban on a little recruiting trip. Uh, I've never met him. And I was just kind of curious what, what you liked, what you enjoyed about playing under him and being recruited by him. And, and uh, you know, he's kind of a mysterious guy as well known as he is and everybody Things they know him. I'm not sure anybody really knows Nick, or at least I haven't talked to a lot of people who go, no, what you see is a lot different than what it is. I'm, I'm always looking for something to talk to him about because I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going to go in his office and, you know, I'm going to throw a no-hitter. Yeah, I think that's one of his best traits. Uh, I think every single time somebody tries to talk to him, they get nervous and they don't even know why, right? It's like he just has this look that he's looking at you with and this just the way he carries himself that immediately your words are like – I was going to say hello, but it's like the hardest thing ever to even just say it to him. And, and he just carries it. Should I, this with, should I wear this in the office just to kind of maybe I break think, it? I think that would be the best way to get him to kind of loosen up a little bit. I'm, I'm going to guarantee a smile if you rock that in the office. You know, we might want to might want to go with more of a, you know, a Crimson Tide color a little bit. But I think if we rock something similar, it's it's going to be a, a showstopper for him. I think we'll get a laugh and that'll ease the conversation.
do you think he would laugh if I said, Coach, I was I knew coming to visit you, I was a little nervous. I called Andrew Whitworth and said, what should I wear in front of Coach Saban? And he said, oh, go with the uh, the Fila suit. And you think he'd get a kick out of it or would it just be just? You know, I think he would laugh and enjoy it. He might think in some way I'm making fun of him somehow. So then he might actually go the complete opposite direction, be even meaner to you. But uh, the other thing is, you know, he's a big guy. He likes psychology. So it's, it's tempering. It's, it's, you know, sitting higher than you, all those things. Maybe bring like a high seat cushion to where you're actually sitting higher than him and temple him a little bit. That'll really get him uncomfortable if you want to rattle his feathers. Uh, I know. I'm trying to get an edge. I'm so far behind. I got no shot. I'm going to crumble. Crumble. No, that's um, true. I mean, he's, he, man, he's a special coach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. First time you meet him and get around him, uh, you realize why players love him so much. One of his greatest traits is all the things you hear about how tough he is. He does a tremendous job of having the players be sold in on him. And, and they almost locked into where they feel like it's them, Coach Saban, and then everybody else. And he does a tremendous job of that. And, and I tell you what, he's, he's, he's one of a kind. I mean, the more I, I show more stuff and teach more from things he taught me and about the game and really about, you know, trying hard to be your best all the time and the focus it takes to do that. I tell you what, you learn a lot from that guy, that's for sure. You're 39, still playing the NFL with. Can you – attribute to some of those some of that longevity to being under Nick Saban's watchful eye for several years in college oh uh, yeah I mean I always say that he's one of the most influential people in my sports career for sure and uh you know I think it's really the things he teaches you leaving there I've always said this I mean I'm not going to say that all the time that, that Nick Saban maybe shows you the uh the the uh you know perfect formula for balance in life uh but he does give you the formula if you want to be successful at something, right? And so, you know, the truth is this guy teaches you what it means to be devoted and focused on really the process all the time. He uses that word all the time. He always talks about not looking at the scoreboard, but, you know, it's not even about games to him. That process and not looking at the scoreboard is every day for him. And the same intensity he shows up with on January 15th when nothing's going on is what he has the week of the national championship. And it's it's one of those things that's admirable. You, you look up to him because you just – you maybe sometimes are like, hey, I like re relaxing and playing around a golf and not really caring. But it's impressive to see somebody who can be that focused and locked in to what they do and, and the process of being successful at it. I've always said this. When I met Sean McVay, um, he's one of the first guys I've been around that gave me that same feeling. His ability to do that is, is very similar to Coach Saban. And I mess with him all the time because Sean sees himself as this – young, cool, fun coach. And uh, I tell him all the time, I'm like, man, you're the closest thing to saving I met. He's like, no, I'm not. You know, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm fun to talk to, you know, all this kind of stuff because you hear all these things, right? And so he always gets mad about it. But I'm like, dude, your intensity level, your focus level is just like that, man. It's, it's really special. Soup with Coop is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required with a free entry to an NBA contest. Plus, for those who want to deposit, FanDuel was offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Pick a new team every game, different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level, compete against your friends in head-to-head -head matchups. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. And FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus 
instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash Cowherd to sign up today. That is FanDuel.com forward slash Cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, baby. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. And I'm all over it like Revis Island. I have nothing but great things to say about it. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Cowherd, compare odds from different sports books, and track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So... If the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. You won a national championship at LSU under Nick Saban. How long, you know, after the the, the horn went, you know, LSU wins, how could I should say, you won a national championship with, with Nick in 2003 at LSU. How long do you think after that victory, he really enjoyed it or just said, all right, we got to get to recruiting now and on to the next year. I mean, do you think he can, he can smell the roses? Uh, I don't think so. I, I've heard the stories at Alabama about him uh, on the flight home to and the coaches out about recruiting. And I don't doubt it one bit. So, uh, you know, that's, that's his, his mentality. I think he enjoyed that one a little more just because that was his first one, but I'll never forget at our ring ceremony when they gave us our rings, uh, he told us in a not very nice way what we could do with them and uh, or where we could go put them if we thought that that had anything to do with the years going forward. So uh, I'll never forget that part either. You know, they're like handling your handing your ring. You're like, oh, man, this is unbelievable. You know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, go take that and stick it up, you know, and it's like, all right, thanks, coach. You know, appreciate it. <laughs> glad, glad we won the first one in 50 something years. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, relentless, I guess is the word. Does yeah. Sean have that same character? Sean McVay has that same sort of just... – I don't know if he really turns it on that intense like Nick does in a meeting, but the really day-to-day when you're at work and when you're focused, when you're locked in to, to really the off-season, the work that's going on, uh, it's pretty impressive how Sean really – like there's he does nothing else. He does no other habits. Uh, if he's not reading a book or something that's like really going to help him be a better coach, a better leader – a better, you know, at management of things he's got to do in that organization, then he's watching tape and studying football. Like there's never a moment that he's not working on how am I going to be a better football coach or how am I going to be a better leader? And I think that's what's so impressive is that you see a guy like that's had this young success. I mean, I think that it's really unbelievable that he stays locked in that much. That's got to be just rewarding to play for a guy like that. It's one thing if a guy's, you know, sneaking out of practice and going to play golf all year and the next guy's grinding. That's the kind of people you want to bet on and, and be a part of. Is it is it at all awkward at times knowing that you're four years older than your head coach? Oh, yeah. We have some fun conversations, uh, you know, of just things that are, you know, it's, it's very rare to be a player, be a leader on the team, and then also kind of be older than the coach. And so there's maybe some experience that not necessarily from a coaching standpoint, but just things in the league that go down with players, with other things where you actually have a little more experience with it than your head coach does. So it's a unique relationship that we can kind of lean on each other for certain things. And 
his football knowledge and really his, his ability to study the game and teach it to me as well is, is something that's so special for me. And so I think we get a chance to really pull off of each other a lot. Now, Whit, you were drafted by the Bengals, spent numerous years in Cincinnati. Did you ever go to Montgomery Ann and eat the ribs? Because that's my favorite rib joint. Uh, no question. I've had those ribs many a time. And uh, you know what? It's, it's uh, one of those things. I actually made the mistake of living right next door to Montgomery Ann at one time. And the amount of mac and cheese and ribs that I ate for, for that season, I think that might have been the year I was 365, I'm pretty sure. That's an endorsement right there. You, you got a, you got a, you got a spokesman gig right there. You want to get to 365, move next door to Montgomery Inn. I like it. Yeah, it was really, you know, that place is special to us. Cincinnati will always be somewhere that we treasure. And, and uh, you know what, we had a lot of good times there. And Montgomery Inn was definitely one of them. There was a lot of uh, old lineman dinners held there, crushing some ribs and chicken and everything else. Uh, you know what, it's, uh, it, it sometimes got a little out of hand. But the big thing, though, you know, they give you the bib and all that. So you could really get big nasty in there. The old lineman could just get after it. You know, you cover yourself up, you just dive into the barbecue sauce, and it's on. So Monroe, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then going to Los Angeles has got to be about as big of a culture shock as anything you've ever done. Well, no question about it. You know, the, life is funny at times. And uh, Melissa and I, actually, my wife, got married in L.A. at a destination wedding randomly. We were in Louisiana. We decided we want to do the big, huge wedding there. Um, she was a former Miss Louisiana. And obviously, I'd grown up playing sports there. And she was a news anchor at the time. And we were like, you know what? We'd have to invite so many people just throughout our life that we've you know, known and stuff that we'd rather just go away somewhere and take some people close to us and our families and and do it there. And so uh, I had gone out to Carson Palmer's uh, foundation event in California and fell in love with it and was like, Hey, let me fly you out there and show you a place out there that we could get married. And we did that. And what do you know, you know, the opportunity presents itself seven years later uh, to sign with the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, here we are. So now, now we live in LA. We've, we've uh, really loved it. Our kids have loved it. And it's been a lot of fun and a place we, we plan to call home. Well, it's been a fantastic turn of events with Sean coming on and y'all in the thick of things in the playoffs, making a Super Bowl run and great to see you playing well. With when you're on Saturday night and gonna face somebody on Sunday, who do you who do you not sleep well knowing is gonna be trying to get your quarterback the whole day? Well, you know, I think one of the things when I came in the league, I always talked about this just how much the game's changed. And when I came in in 06, really throughout that time uh, early in the league, the game was much different. Um, and you didn't always have just perennial pass rush specialists, right? You, you, you had a lot of guys where it's like one week you might face the Dwight Franey of the world who's just unbelievable rusher, but the next week you may face some guy who's really good against the run and, you know, really hard to move and a stout guy, edge guy. And you didn't always have to be like, all right, every week it's this new guy. Nowadays, you know what? It's like it feels that way every single week. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, I got Khalil Mack this week. I got Chandler Jones twice a year I got Nick Bosa twice a year you know and then it's like oh you throw in the next oh we happen to play Denver and we're gonna get Von Miller and it's just it's unbelievable the week-to-week progression now in the league of these edge rushers and you, and you see how things progress right the game now is all about throwing it it's all about being able to get back there and, and launch the ball and keep it out of the quarterback's hand as fast as you can and so you need the best athletes possible to get there so these edge rushers have gotten better and better. And, and uh, you know what, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if I ever sleep good on Saturday nights, uh, but there is a couple guys that, that, that turn the sweat up a little more. I was at, uh, I was at Baton Rouge this week. 
I ran into a couple guys you play. I ran into uh, Jacob Hester. Oh yeah. He they still they, you know he was the only one that remembered you over there. Yeah, I don't doubt that. It's been quite some time. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Jay, you know Hest is the uh, fan favorite man. There's not a person in North, in Louisiana that doesn't know who Jacob Hester is. Those people love him. Uh, he was one of those guys that just the way he played the game, his heart and his passion, people just endured to him everywhere he went. So, uh, you know what, Hess was a really special one. But you're right. There's probably not many. I don't think there's a whole lot of people left other than maybe Moffitt and a couple of secretaries or something from when I was there. That's that's about it. But uh, it's been quite some time to think it's been 16 years. Uh, is unbelievable uh, that it's been that long since I've uh, had the opportunity to be in the purple and gold. Wait, I don't know if we'll use this on Sue with Coop, but several years ago, I interviewed a, a, a teammate of yours, Kyle Williams, who I have always been fond of. I had a friend of mine tell me one time that uh, he played golf in an event, and Kyle's a great, great golfer, great athlete. And he asked, we're playing together, he goes, look, Kyle, I don't want to know anything about your career. I'm not going to ask you a bunch of saving questions. I just want to know, when you were playing at LSU, who had the biggest dong on the team? And Kyle was like up against, getting ready to tee off, and he just leaned back right before he's getting a swing and said, uh, Norman Lejeune, Norman Lejeune. How did you know it? Kyle, you, I baited you. I know, right I know it. He goes, yeah. Norman Lejeune. And then hits, you know, hits his 300 yard draw right down the line. And, and so from then on out, this is all my buddy Jose ever talks about. It's like, ah, Norman Lejeune, Norman Lejeune. So sure enough, I'm interviewing Kyle a couple of years ago in Buffalo doing a little deal. And, you know, I just tell the camera guys, just roll with this. And I said, you know, hey, when you were playing, you know, who had the biggest dong? He goes, well, and he, he was flustered. I mean, I had these cameras. He's, a, you know, a Fox deal. And he's going, oh, no. And 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 uh, he goes, well, I can assure you it wasn't a Manning. And I go, I heard it was normal Lejeune. And he, he, when I tell you, he couldn't quit laughing. It was fantastic. Normal Lejeune. You know, Kyle Williams and I have some pretty fantastic stories growing up. You know, <laughs> we were high school rivals. Uh, both, you know, I didn't play baseball. He did. Uh, I played basketball. He didn't. So we were like the leaders of our, you know, sports group. So it's like I'd be in a basketball game. Him and all his buddies from Rustin High would show up, you know, and just taunting me the whole game, like chanting for me to be thrown out of the game. You know, I'd always pull up the shirt, like state champion, you know, get some of that, you know, at the game, sit them back down. I'd, I'd have it under my jersey, you know, and then I'd go to the baseball game. I was, you know, he was, uh, he's not, like, he's a big guy, but he was a little more round than he was tall sometimes as a young kid so I would hang you know some Snickers bars or the occasional hot dog or cheeseburger over the fence at first base just in taunting with it like you know hey fat guy you want to come get some food you know and uh you know we, we had some good times and then what do you know we end up being uh, college roommates and uh had to kind of say our apologies maybe for uh, some of the comments over the years but uh we're great friends and our families are really close now so it's uh, it's all worked out for the better no, Kyle Williams, he is adored in Buffalo. Man, he is, he is the, he can do no wrong up there. We're, I went and interviewed him one time. We're in Buffalo. It was a Tuesday at 11 o'clock. We go into this place called Bar Bill. Well, it was going to be, you know, it's packed. Everybody's pounding wings and beer on a random Tuesday. And when he walked in, it was like Elvis walking in. Yeah. It was oh, no. Quite unbelievable the following he has up there, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy was a tremendous leader, a tremendous player, and anybody that's ever met him knows the kind of guy he is. And I think now he's, you know, uh, there at Ruston High School is his former alma mater and uh, coaching and, and doing things there to help them have a program. And I think they've been 
you know, getting better and better since he's been there. So, you know, I, I always keep joking. We're going to see Kyle Williams on the sideline in college in the NFL here soon, I believe, because he seems to be ate up with it. Whit, I was in um, Austin, Texas not long ago, and I saw Earl Campbell. <clears throat> I took a picture with him, and I sent it to my dad. And my dad played literally football with Earl for one and a half years in Houston, kind of later in Earl's career. And my dad replied back, the best football player I ever played with. And I was just wondering if you could think back on all your years, is there one guy that pops up and says, this is probably the best player I've ever been on the same team with? Yeah, I think over the years, uh, I've played with some really good ones. I think before I got here to, to the Rams, I, I probably would have, you know, thrown a guy like uh, maybe A.J. Green out or, you know, I mean, what a tremendous player he was. Or Geno Atkins had quite a run there. And, and even back in the day, uh, Willie Anderson, you know, when I first got to Cincinnati, a tremendous player and a guy who hopefully will be in the Hall of Fame one day at right tackle. But, um, you know, now it's it's pretty easy. It's uh, Aaron Donald. There's no question about it. Uh, I don't know that there's anybody on the planet that's, that's as good as that guy, man. He, he is really special. His ability to play an interior line position and dominate the game the way he does is really, really wild. And it's uh, you see every edge rusher and player that plays with him, we send him a little mailbox money because the, the production he has, you know, I'm like, hey, man, can I lose 80 pounds, go play edge rusher and get 16 mil a year? Because you're just getting sacks falling into you left and right. I mean, I, I think you could pick up a cup, Coop. I mean, you know what? If you got, I ought to think about it. You got the workout suit already. I'll write that down real quick. Just to, yeah. Just to and then what what is it about Aaron? I know Aaron Donald, you look at him with his shirt off, you can tell he's a strong guy, but what's his just power, pure power, speed and yeah, it's the ability that he can play the game. I always say it's rare. You know, you, you think of a smaller player, you think they're limited in some kind of capacity. Like, hey, maybe they're quicker than other guys, or maybe they're not as long as other guys, but they use that to advantage. With Aaron, he has the strength and power of a of a 320-pound, 330-pound D lineman, but plays at 260, 270 and can move like the fastest edge rusher there is. And so he really has that ability that depending on who he's playing, He's built kind of to play anybody, whether they're strong, whether they're a smaller, quick, agile guy. He's kind of built for all of them. And so I think it gives him that advantage that there's really nobody that he doesn't have the advantage over because he's got this skill set that's a really rare and really special. But that's not what makes him the best. What makes him the best is I've to this day, if you ask me the same question and said, who's the hardest working guy? Uh, that you've ever met in, in professional sports, it's Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy from the film room to the way he trains. When we finish a practice, he's out there for 30, 45, maybe an hour running and jumping and, and moves, pushing sleds, pulling sleds. You know, then he's going to work out all day. I mean, he's just a guy, his work ethic and the ability he has to be the hardest playing guy on the field matched with all that talent. That's what makes him a one of a kind and one of the rarest players on the planet because Anytime you match the kind of guy who's leading from an effort standpoint and leading from a talent standpoint, you're going to get rare production. And that's what Aaron Donald is. And then, Whit, who would you say is the hardest working podcast host you've ever been a part of? Well, I think, I mean, to find maybe one of the most unique uh, tennis track suits that I've really ever seen, you know, and, and feel at that is, is uh, you know, really, I mean, that, that's pretty rare. I mean, you know, it's a, you didn't just hop on Amazon and be able to get that to the house, you know, like somebody had to put in time and effort to pull up, pull off something like that. So I think soup with coop is going to take the cake on that one, man. I mean, that's devotion right there. That's a wrap boys. That's all I needed. I'm bonus time coming around the corner. Can't wait. 
Win, I'll send you. I'll send you a commission check as usual. Yeah, no worries. Always. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate you joining me today. Always great to catch up. Have a great year, and uh, when you get back to New Orleans or Louisiana, you got my number. I'm, I'm free that day. Yeah, I hear you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the honor of being on here. And uh, you know what? This French onion soup is really good, but the uh, conversation was even better, so I appreciate it. Well, as always, when we wrap it up, we grade our soup from 1 to 1,000. One, just curious, what kind of what kind of number are you giving it today? You know, um, I'm probably going to go with uh, somewhere in the 700 range. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 701. Okay. You know, I, I feel like uh, really because of the effort that I, you know, I toasted my own toast and melted my own cheese. I feel like really just putting my own blood, sweat and tears into this soup. Uh, I, you know, I felt good about it. So maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, I'm going to go 701. 701 is exactly the score I made on my SAT. So it should be perfect. I appreciate there that. You go. <laughs> You're a good exactly. man. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it.